Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One on one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that will have the breakfast toaster with a side of tots and throw on a half and half sweet tea if you don't mind. It's Sif Is that the wrong Sonic? Did I, did I study for the wrong Sonic? <laughs> no, I think you did good. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's better than a bodega breakfast sandwich. It's Andrew Ormsby. I don't know about that, man. They're, they're pretty sweet. <laughs> so are you. Oh, thanks. Uh, and each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, you want to throw an Ahoy in there? You didn't even get your Ahoy in. So. Ahoy! And then you were distracted by being compared to a breakfast sandwich, I, I think. I know. Yeah. How you doing, man? Good. I kind of want a Route 44 Cherry Limeade now. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, we are going to talk Sonic today, Sonic the Hedgehog, and we're also going to catch up on uh, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, which is the new title of the movie, thankfully. Yeah. Because <laughs> the long title was a lot longer. Uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation. Emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I think that was it. I know very, that's it. Very well done. Well, now it's just Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey. Yep. Uh, so we're going to talk about those movies. Got a lot of other fun stuff coming up as well, including, uh, of course, our um, Buried Treasure. Yep. We've got a Sift Quest that somebody's sending us on this week. So thank Pretty you for intriguing. that. Pretty intriguing. Yeah. And, I love Sift Quests. But I wanted to start off with 
a look at the Sposkers results. Of course you do. Now, as you are a listener to this podcast, you may be in the position of not having watched the Sposkers broadcast last week, and that's true. fine. We get that. We did have, I wanted to say this because it was so much fun. Um, we had uh, between six and 700 people pop in uh, for that show over the course of the broadcast. So cool. Um, thank you so much for doing that. It was a blast. We had uh, two, about 200 people participate in giving their picks in, uh, which is a record this year. In fact, I'll go over those numbers. We, this is our fourth annual Spask. Well, we haven't always called it Sposkers. It's our first it's annual Sposkers. Uh, but the Sif Pop Oscars contest has gone on for four years now. Uh, the first year was 2017, and we had 60 people play. Uh, 2018, we had 116. Uh, 2019, we had 168. And this year, we had 195. So, uh, so it just keeps growing. And thank you so much for making this a fun place to do fun, you know, uh, little pop culture content. Uh, we have a blast with it. So we're excited to do it every year and, of course, kind of see how everybody uh, does in their picks. And I'll get to the winners and that kind of stuff here shortly. But I wanted to ask you uh, your general thoughts on the live broadcast. Uh, other than we know it was fun and awesome, like yeah. what were some of your favorite moments? Well, I think we said a lot during the actual broadcast live that pretty much the whole night was chalk except for the very end. Yeah. Uh, so... That was surprising, uh, mainly just getting everybody in here, you know, talking to everybody about seeing what their picks and what their favorite movies were of the year. I found intriguing because I found out that you and I have different opinions than some of our uh, gurus. <laughs> That's not, right. Not that they have wrong or we have wrong. Right. It's just, it's fun seeing the diversity. Like, yeah. so many people loving Jojo Rabbit. Mm -hmm. Like, best movie of the year. Right. Contender for them. Yeah, I thought it was really cool to have Ben in here uh, and our other, you know, contributors yeah. uh, who Blake came in. Blake and Jack. Yeah. And Jack was here. Blake was here. Ben was here. Aaron was here. Not this Aaron. No. The other Aaron. No. And, uh, man, I'm really thankful for them. If you haven't had a chance to check out sifpop.com and some of the articles that are coming out there uh these are the amazing people that are writing on a lot of those in fact uh just this week we won't be doing a best ever challenge this week because we have two reviews to get to yeah but the sif pop contributors did they did best ever jim carrey movies which is a fun list mm. uh so if you want to check out the top 10 you can go to sifpop.com and check that out, and I think it's a, a good little list. Number uh, one, Eternal Sunshine. Uh, I believe it was. It was yeah. either one or two. I think it was one. Oh, I was just going off mine. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're right. <laughs> so good job, gurus. <laughs> uh, yours truly wrote on Cable Guy. I wrote a little blurb on Cable Guy, because that's one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies. Uh, I think maybe properly rated now. I think people look back on it and know it's good now, but for a long time, it was really underrated. I always figured Liar Liar was your favorite Jim Carrey I movie. I do love Liar Liar. Yeah, yeah, Liar Liar and Cable Guy are both way up there for me. Uh, Truman, Show Truman Show is my favorite Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. So, and maybe that was number one. I can't, it was either that or Eternal Sunshine. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyways, you can go check it out at sifpop.com. Uh, and it was really cool to have all of them in here. Uh, some of my favorite moments included the Eminem no, uh, moment. Oh, out of nowhere, playing Lose Yourself. And what was funny is after the fact, I'm going back and reading some commentary, and a lot of people were like, Why is Eminem here? This is dumb. This is stupid. And I'm like, Fools. That was fun. Fools. That was so much fun. Yeah. I was just, I don't know. Anyways, I guess he really genuinely was only there to just make up for the fact that he didn't come, you know, when he actually won the award. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I found that interesting. Uh, and then, of course, the fact that the winner came down to one of the final upsets 
And that was fun in that moment uh, to kind of have that experience. So it was a lot of fun. And by the way, it's still on YouTube. Now, watching it may be a little interesting without the Oscars going on, but you can still go check it out. It's not like it's, you know, a private video or anything. Um, So if you want to kind of go see those moments, fast forward through and or maybe maybe fire up your DVR of the Oscar ceremony. There you go. Watch it again with uh, with us on a second screen. Who knows? I did go back and I rewatched like some of the highlight moments. Yeah, yeah. Best picture. I watched our reaction or a. Whenever we realized that Eminem was going to walk out, yeah. we're like, wait, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, you ready to get to the For winners? The winners. Uh, let's start with the gurus. And Andrew, you and I have owned this uh, since the beginning of the contest, which, like I said, is four years ago. In 2017, I won, yep. uh, which was uh, was 17 out of 24. Uh, which was the high for the year, was 17 out of 24 that year. You had 16, so you only lost by one yep. uh, in 2017. 2018, you won. Yeah, did. You had 22 out of 24. Stands as a record. Uh, tied, tied this year. Tied this year, so by the way. I thought they were going to break my record. <laughs> was it uh, Jake? Uh, Jackson. Uh, Jackson. Jackson. We'll get there. Uh, and so 22 out of 24. I had 17 out of 24. You were the high with 22. So the first two years, not only did we win the Gurus, but we won the won. overall. Yeah. Right? Uh, 2019, uh, not quite the case. The overall high was 18 out of 24. Uh, we both had 14 out of 24. Uh, <laughs> it was a rough year. <laughs> and, and we're the highest Gurus. Uh, of the gurus uh but i won the tie break by like five minutes or something like that it was yeah it was right down to the nail biter and once again this year uh i did win the tie break not over you this time no, uh, over another, my brother another andrew yeah there's a different andrew yeah uh, you had 17 this year i had 19 and i i uh I, the high was 22 which we'll get to here in a second yep uh, but I did win for the gurus. But again, it did come down to a tie break. A little more cushion this time, although I didn't think there was going to be. That's one of my favorite parts of the broadcast is just rooting Renee Zellweger I was on. Say, you just like, give, keep talking, Renee. you got to give big props to Renee. <laughs> yes, I'd like to thank Renee Zellweger. Yeah. I'd like to thank uh, Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix and the Cows. I'd like to thank... Uh, Parasite uh, Translators. Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank the Parasite Translator. I'd like to thank the entirety of the Academy for willing the lights back on so that one more person could talk. Exactly. Uh, all of that contributed to my my win. So thank you, thank you all. I got a fun little bit of uh, Oscar trivia for you because oh, okay. I looked it up. What do you think the longest Oscar acceptance speech was? Ooh, acceptance speech. Um, I mean, I know Renee went like five or six minutes. It was she crazy. went five minutes. Oh, that's so long. I, I'm gonna guess it's. I'm gonna guess seven minutes. Oh, you know what? Never mind. They didn't used to even film this thing, so I bet somebody went on for a while. I'm going to say 20 minutes. No, it was six and a half minutes. Oh! And because of that, that's why they now have the playoff music. So, Renee, she almost She matched. almost matched it. She almost matched the reason now, why they actually play people off. Uh, on to the overall winner. Congratulations yes. to Jackson Lesler. Tie well my done. record. Ties the record for best ever, 22 out of 24. And if not for the Parasite upset, would have had a perfect 24 out of 24. Yeah, and um, Bong Joon. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The yep. director, the only ones he missed were director and best picture. Yep. Uh, as you know, the winner of the Sposkers gets the chance to say whatever they want within reason yep. on Sif Pop. And so Jackson sent me his note, and I shall read it in full. 
Uh, I love this. Hi, Aaron, Andrew, and Phil. First, I'd like to thank my 194 fellow nominees, one of whom is my movie-going partner and boyfriend, Ryan, who came in just one behind me, <laughs> somehow predicting that well-deserved Parasite win. We saw 140 films released in 2019, and our favorite was The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Have you seen that yet, Andrew? It's on my list. It's, good. it's definitely worth, worth seeing. I, I did really enjoy that one. Uh, continues to say, a film criminally underrepresented this award season that all of you should seek out I ditto that. Uh, we live in Hollywood, right behind the Dolby Theater where the Oscars happen. Oh. Uh, actually, where we've been blessed with random sightings of celebrities such as Daisy Ridley, Joaquin Phoenix, Margot Robbie, or on one particular evening stroll, Aaron Dicer himself from afar, <laughs> probably leaving the Irishman premiere. Uh, this unique proximity to the Oscars has also exposed me to another side of the show I wanted to share with my fellow Oscar fans. Dozens of our homeless neighbors, many far beyond the perimeter of the events, were forth forcefully displaced for days or weeks in the rare L.A. rain, mostly just to, quote-unquote, nicen up the area. The camps that were located closer to the event were replaced with stations of armed guards and SWAT teams using public resources to protect the country's richest celebrities and place the needy in harm's way. Given the incredibly relevant themes of this year's Best Picture winner and the reportedly $250,000 gift bags the nominees received... I wish more of the Academy and its community were aware of this hypocrisy. Off the soapbox, I wanted to mention as one of the people that works on movie trailers, I take special pleasure in beating Aaron and any other of his zero frames cronies. <laughs> yeah, buddy! <laughs> I promise we never want to ruin the movie for anyone. Lastly, if you liked Parasite, go seek out director Bong's 2009 film Mother, one of my all-time favorites. Super good. Thank you, Sif Pop, for making movie optimists of us all. Uh, and that comes from Jackson. So thank well you. Well done. Congrats. Yeah, very nice. Thank you, Jackson. I loved everything about that um, and appreciate you playing. And congratulations on your win. Uh, you ready to get into it? Yeah, buddy. Let's kick it off. Unless with you want to give a really quick guru win speech. Uh, I, you know, I already, I thanked, I thanked, uh, Renee. I thanked those who made it possible. So I, I think we're good. <laughs> I think uh, as long as Renee knows how much she means to me. <laughs> And in the spirit of Renee, I'd also like to thank all the people Renee thanked uh, during oh, yeah. the Oscars. So uh, let me do that now. No, I'm just kidding. Let's do some Do We Care. Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide, do we care or not? Number one, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, and Joe Pesci are in talks to return for Lethal Weapon 5. As excited as I am for this, I have to ask... Are they getting too old for this? <laughs> Stuff. Stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, no. Nobody, no. Uh, listen, age shouldn't be a factor, right? Like, come yeah. back and have some fun. I, I don't mind that Harrison's coming back for Indy one more time. Like, let's make it happen. Uh, but I think you do have to make the story make sense within those parameters, right? Yeah. So you have to make the story of whatever the whatever this lethal weapon story is make sense that they are this old. And that's fine with me. So... Yeah, I bring think, it on. I think Mel Gibson's like 64, 65. Danny Glover's like 73. And Pesci's yeah. almost 80. Yeah. So. I guess Pesci's back, huh? Pesci's back, man. That's nice. I like it. I love the Lethal Weapon franchise. Yeah. Like, it's a, I don't know, would you call it a guilty pleasure? Because, like, well, I don't know. I think people consider through, those good action movies. Two through four are pretty cheesy. Like, the first one, you know, set the standard. Like, this is a pretty awesome, you know buddy cop duo right um 
then number four with Jet Li is my second favorite. And uh, I I just, something about those movies, man, I'm just like, yeah, bring it. I want, Shane Black's not doing it, by the way. I got to say that. Yeah. I, I got to be honest. I've never been a Lethal Weapon fan. Now, mm. when I say that, it doesn't mean I dislike the movies. I genuinely never saw them until much later after they had been out. And it was mm. like I was trying to experience them through other people's eyes at that point. And, uh, and I just, it just didn't click with me. Uh, I think it's so fascinating, but I think if I watched them now, I'd have more fun with them or maybe not. I don't know. It's just weird when you kind of miss the boat on something where it's like everybody else has this thing that they get to celebrate together when it happens. And you're like, you know, 20 years later going, Oh, Hey guys, here's this thing you all already love. And I'm watching it with different eyes than you. Cause I live in a different you know world than you lived in when you saw it. It's just that whole thing's a little weird for me. So I'm not necessarily excited for this, but not because I think it'll be bad, just because I don't have the same level of nostalgia for the the other movies, if that makes sense. No, totally. And for those of you who have not or haven't seen the uh, Lethal Weapons, you're like, yeah, it's not really for me. I got to recommend, man, this guy's been in a lot of movies. <laughs> Sam Jackson did a parody of the Lethal Weapon movies. And it is... Loaded like, Weapon? Oh, it's something like that. It's yeah. I think it's Loaded Gun or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Loaded Weapon. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was him and uh, Emilio Estevez. Oh, yeah. Um, that movie Loaded is... Loaded Weapon I love. Loaded Weapon <laughs> is hilarious. But I'm a parody guy. Like, a well-done parody is so fun. Yeah. It's very much in the realm of, like, a airplane and movies I was going like to say, that. I just, the other day, for whatever reason, Naked I, think, gun. I think I was researching a, uh, a clip for an end of a CinemaSins video or something, and uh, it ended up looking at an, an airplane, uh, you know, clip or whatever, and I spent, like, the next 20 minutes just watching airplane clips. <laughs> I'm just like, that movie is so funny. It's great. So, yeah, so I always quotable. a good parody. Number two. Number two. Scott Derrickson is out, and Sam Raimi is in. Doctor Strange in the Madness or the Multiverse of Madness has its new director. This is fascinating yeah. because it comes with. Are, now, is it official? Is Sam Raimi official now? Official. Okay, so Sam Raimi's official now. Uh, this comes with all sorts of wonderful possibilities, right? <laughs> when you think of Sam Raimi, I'm immediately not even Spider Man's not the first thing I go okay. to. Okay. I, I mean, that's just, where I was going. But. I go straight to, like, Army of Darkness sure, and Evil no, Dead. Yeah, no, it's fun. Like, he he, he definitely has a sense of that. But the uh, first place my brain goes to is... Spoodermoon. We're talking about multiverses. Yeah. We're talking about Marvel. We have the director of three Spider-Man movies. <laughs> is Toby coming back? That would be pretty it's good. from a different multiverse. Yeah. I, like, I am so excited... That I'm starting to think, based on this and some of the Venom stuff, or whatever the new Venom movie, Morphe- Morbius? Morbius. Morbius stuff, this uh, this idea of, like, I'm starting to think... Sony-verse. That, that when Sony and Disney had their final meetings, they were like, let's do this up. Yeah. Let's really build... Your, we know you're never going to let us own it. Yeah. So let's just work together to make amazing stuff that's actually tied into the MCU. And I think it's going to be, I mean, right? Doesn't it feel like, especially the Morbius stuff, from what I understand, is directly tied in. Yeah. So I I think they did. I think they agreed on, hey, let's let's play in the same worlds. What if, like, during his, like, uh, journey through the multiverse of madness. He actually ends up in the Spider Verse. Like that's, the animated. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, the animated the one. Animated even. Why one. not? Right. Yeah. I listen. I it's 
it's fascinating to me for sure. And I'm game. Have fun. It's what it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. Have fun. I'm going to enjoy it. We'll go and along on the ride. Initially, um, the uh, Multiverse of Madness was supposed to be the first uh, Marvel horror film. Is that not the case anymore? I don't know. I mean, Sam Raimi, obviously he does quirky yeah. horror. Yeah, you know? Army of Darkness, sure. Evil Dead, stuff like that. Uh, so it's a possibility, but uh, I, I think they're going to lean, you know, they're going to go back to their safety net of let's just make something fun. It could be. Could yeah. be. Number three. Number three. Disney's live-action Aladdin is getting a sequel. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I don't know what this means. I like means. Will Smith as the genie, so bring it on. Oh, yeah, he was great. Um, what was, there was like... Hans, Return of Jafar. Yeah, Return of Jafar is like the, the uh, animated sequel. Yeah. But um, do you remember like, uh, what was it, Hans, like the one white character in, <laughs> and he <laughs> yeah. was supposed to get his own spinoff and everybody was like, what? why him? <laughs> That's right, yeah. So... I don't know. Did they scrap that? Do you know? Uh, probably. Yeah. I would guess. What a bad idea. Or or they shifted it, you know, yeah. to this. But no, it's official. Aladdin's getting a sequel. And I just got to re-say what I said earlier on. I really was surprised by how much I liked the live action Aladdin. Yeah. It was different enough and they fixed a lot of stuff. It was just good. And, you know, Will Smith, as you said... He wasn't trying to be Robin Williams. He was trying to make it his own, and I think he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, I, I too, am on board for this. Uh, it, it should be very exciting. That's That shouldn't be a surprise. Pretty much any movie you throw at me that hasn't come out yet, I'm going to be like, yeah, let's watch it. Let's yeah. see if it's good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel the same way about this. Uh, just one more thing. Do we care? It's more do I care, and I do care. <laughs> this is, uh, Andrew does care. Yes. This is an addendum. They released the Robert Pattinson Batman suit. Oh, that's right. <sighs> I saw like a picture on yeah. my Twitter feed. Uh, looked uh, looked very Batmany. Yep. <laughs> I think. Yep. That, that's people that what they were going for? about Batman man. No. Batman man. Batman man. People go batty for Batman man. Yeah, they do. Hey, Robert Pattinson is the first Twilight vampire to actually turn into a bat. <laughs> nice. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. You mean Robert Battinson? Oh, snap. Uh, I did want to mention, it just crossed my brain since we talked about Joe Pesci being back, uh, that I also heard, and we don't have to spend any time talking about it, but oh, yeah. this, maybe this is Aaron Does Care. Yeah. Rick Moranis is coming back. He has oh, been for away, Shrunk. Yeah, for Shrunk. He has been away for a long... Like he, 90s, I think, is when yeah, he retired, right? Yeah, he purposefully stepped away from acting um, to focus on his family and sometimes when people say that it's kind of like yeah sure but it was legit for him and yeah. now he's raised his kids and he's coming back to do some acting again I'm, I'm really excited I love I, Rick Moranis I love Rick Moranis so, I mean Spaceballs maybe he'll show up in the new Ghostbusters movie too who knows <laughs> <laughs> he'd just be the the neighbor across the road as yeah. opposed to and then the those evil hellhounds. He's like, not again. No. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, that I thought that he's was... He's the key master. That was cool to see Rick uh, Moranis might be coming back, so I wanted to mention that. Very exciting. All right, let's get into our reviews. We'll start with Birds of Prey. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. And soon enough, I was back on my feet, ready to embrace the Fierce goddess within. <laughs> it's oh so quiet. Now that I cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people You're want me dead. All alone. And at the top of that list is this guy. 
It's open season on Harley Quinn when her explosive breakup with the Joker puts a big fat target on her back. Unprotected and on the run, Quinn faces the wrath of narcissistic crime boss Black Mask. But things soon even out for Harley when she becomes unexpected allies with three deadly women, Huntress, Black Canary, and Renee Montoya. Uh, the DC issue-ish? <laughs> I like that. What do we even say anymore? Uh, continues with this. It definitely, you know, she was Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. So that's a direct connection to those movies. Yeah. Um, and yet we never see the Joker in this movie. Uh, so, you know, becomes kind of this interesting little um, spinoff world yeah. of Harley Quinn. Uh, what do you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I I may have loved this. Now, really? on the low side of loved it, but at least certainly when I came really out. Really liked it. When I came out, I, I think I would have even said I loved it. I think right now maybe I am really, really liked it. Uh, it is fun. It's a very fun this movie. This is a really fun movie. Um, and... and I, I was surprised that I had as much fun with it is uh, as I did, um, but yeah, it's it's really fun. Tell me some stuff you liked about it. Well, obviously, we have to start with just how perfectly cast Margot Robbie is to play Harley Quinn. You know, yeah. she just is so immersed in that role. Like it's kind of Ryan Reynolds Deadpool kind of thing. It's like, like she was born, yeah, to born play. to do it. Yeah, yeah, she does a great job, and. Um, whenever you look back at Suicide Squad, you realize just how underdeveloped all those characters were and how you really get a look on in the inside mind mm-hmm. with how crazy it is even of Harley Quinn. And uh, no, she does such a good job. Yeah. I like the um, the overall storytelling as opposed to what it was like in Suicide Squad in this way more. Yeah. Well, and see, there's an interesting thing that's happening here too that I think allows you kind of to let go of some stuff and just have fun, which is we're dealing with an unreliable narrator, right? Yeah. We're, we're dealing with somebody taking us through this world in whatever way they want and maybe not even telling us the truth and certainly joking, you know, <laughs> with us and certainly having their own, uh, you know, little little quirky issues or whatever. And I think that allows us to just kind of go on a journey of her mind, go on a journey of her brain. Um, and, and it's not confusing. I never felt like, oh, what do I believe? What don't I believe? I think you kind of understand what she's exaggerating and what she's, you know, saying is true. And sometimes she'll say one thing and then they'll actually show you, you know, the truth. So the the movie does a good job at kind of keeping you in that story. Um, And yeah, it's, it really is just a story of her figuring out what it means to uh, be not, not be with Joker, but to have to interact with other people and possibly have friendships. What's that look like for a psycho, like, you know, a Harley Quinn. So, uh, yeah, I found that part of it very interesting and very fun. Absolutely. Uh, the cast all around her does a very great job. I want to give a big shout out to Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. She, um, she wasn't given a lot of screen time. She she uses it though. But she uses it. I mean, Huntress is a very fun character and, for as little as she was, you know, like talking about herself and like we get the look inside of like what made her become the huntress. I'm like, man, I want more of that, you yeah. know? So they did a good job of, you know, teasing and building up intrigue and excitement for these other characters. But 
I just now I want full movie swarm. <laughs> yeah, it I, doesn't look like they're probably going to do no. it, uh, which I think is unfortunate because yeah, I would love to see an actual Birds of Prey. Which, by the way, I don't know any. You know, you know me. I'm not like a comics person, so I, I don't know this stuff. But according to the movie, it feels like the Birds of Prey isn't Harley Quinn. Like Harley Quinn was uh, kind of there when they formed, at least in this movie. Yeah, and so I think we're supposed to understand Huntress, Black Canary, and. Uh, Renee Montoya yeah. are the technically the birds of prey. And then And Cassandra Kane. And Cassandra Kane. Yeah. That's the is that the kid? The little girl, yeah. Oh, because the little girl goes off with well, Harley Quinn at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda. Kind of. Spoilerish. <laughs> with, Sorry. With Bruce. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh so so yeah, no, I, I also wanted to mention how funny this movie is. Uh, so funny. I laughed a lot. Uh, I found Chris Messina really funny. Uh, I don't know what he was doing here, but it worked for me. Yeah, here's the thing. You know me. I love the DC universe. Yeah. Oh, no. Is it a character that's not like that or something? He's not. Victor Zaz is not like that at all. Okay. Yeah, and that's going to re- really lean into one of my big cons. As fun as this movie is, I just had to keep convincing myself they're just they're making their own movie. It's they're, okay. It's okay that they're changing they're, thing. It's okay. That's exactly it. <laughs> it's yeah. okay, Andrew. It's Cause okay. Because I'm, I'm like, Roman Sionis, he isn't really misogynistic. Why is he why is he like this? Uh, or Victor Zaz, he's he's a total psychopath who cuts himself every single time he kills somebody. He's not a lackey. He he's <laughs> he's just a psycho who just runs around killing people. Why is why is he like this? But then in my mind I'm like, you know what? He's doing a good job. This is fun. The action scenes are great. Well, see, that's what made that's interesting, right? Because I don't have that connection, and I did think that character was fun. I thought it yeah. was like I really whatever that performance was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, even more, I think, than I enjoyed Ewan McGregor's performance, which isn't to say it was bad. Um, it's fun to see Ewan McGregor chewing up, you know, the screen. Yeah, uh, but I, the Christmas Cena performance, I think, was the better one for me. Um, I appreciated that the movie, despite its R rating, didn't feel like it had to be like, like, I remember one of my problems with Logan was that it felt like it had to squeeze every bit of its R rating out and <laughs> Hey driver. Use... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That moment. Yeah. Uh, as well as, uh, just saying gore. Yeah. And, and, ins- and insane profanity too, yeah. which, you know, this has profanity, but it felt like the Natural. actual profanity that these people would naturally use. Yeah. Um, and there was a uh, an assault scene that uh, Ewan McGregor has this woman stand on a table. I thought that was filmed very well and wasn't exploitative. And in a different movie, because it's rated R, you do something different with that scene. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, I appreciated that the movie understood kind of what it wanted to be and that that's not what it was about. It wasn't just we got this R rating, so let's, you know, use it. Now, having said that, I wonder if this movie would have been a bigger success if they had dialed back just those couple things and actually made it PG thirteen, what do you what do you think about that? Like it feels like it's awful close to a PG thirteen movie already. So I don't know. I think it would. I think it would have made more money. Maybe. Uh, my only counter to that is DC just released an R rated movie that became the highest grossing R rated movie sure. of all time. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's 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 um it's thinking in hindsight, right? Like it's you know hindsight's twenty twenty. Like I'm glad that they didn't try and uh, you know make it PG thirteen. They wanted to make this movie and they did. You know, yeah, they made the movie they wanted to make. So no, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, anything else pro or con that you wanted to mention? Uh let's see. Uh, man, uh, like you said, I think we it's 
I have more to say in spoilers, I guess I could say. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, but, we will wait for the spoiler cast then. Yeah, because the I... The sift spoil, if you will. Yeah. Maybe the... Did the movie feel a little, like, misogynistic to you? Like, you and McGregor... Maybe it's just because I know the character and I'm like, why is you and McGregor, like, hate women so much and stuff like that, oh, you yeah, know? Yeah. Well, that character definitely did. Yeah. Um, but I think part of at least what I read as the point of the movie was that this is a real thing that women do have to deal with. Yeah. And that it's kind of part of the female empowerment of this movie is the idea that you could fight back against that or find some power over it or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, so I think that was definitely a theme. The only other thing I would say is I did struggle occasionally with, am I supposed to like Harley Quinn? Like, you know, she's... She's so well portrayed. Yeah. She's so funny and fun. But at the same time, part of me's like, okay, but she's also a psycho, right? Like, yeah. and yet the movie seems to want to like dial that back just enough that we can be like rooting for her. And so I did kind of struggle with that little, you know, the little dial of, you know, one second she's, you know, smashing somebody's knees in half. Oh, you know? man. Multiple <laughs> times, we should say. That's right. <laughs> or some some other various awful thing, and then other times, you know, she's she's being likable and fun, and yeah. we're I think we're supposed to root for. Her, so, and I guess maybe that's life, you know, that people have their pros and cons. But at the end of the day, I think a character like that, you probably should step away, going, you know, that's a villain. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, Harley Quinn's a villain, right? Like, that's, well, yeah. It, okay. All right. Yeah, it's not like Venom where she's an anti-hero, you know. She's, she's right, a villain. Yeah, no, that's a great example. Yeah. I think I think Venom feels very different, right? Venom feels like, yeah, I can root for this person. They're they're trying to, you know, yeah. deal with this symbiote in a way that is positive, but the symbiote, you know, operates in our world different. Like that feels like it makes more sense to me yeah. than trying to figure out how to root for Harley Quinn. Exactly. So, so I I was glad to have the birds of prey there just to have somebody to actually like really root for. Yeah. And uh and I agree that Huntress was great. The way that Huntress um tried to be a quote unquote superhero. Yeah. And just try to find her way to it. I was so adorable. Like oh. it was so like picking her name and making sure people <laughs> called her the right name and crossbow killer. <laughs> now I love Rosie Perez and her cliche eighties one liners. Yes. You know. Yeah. She was a lot of fun. No, it's fun. This is a fun movie. Uh, we both obviously had a good time with it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think it's a recommend from us. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good fun time. There you go. Uh, ready to move on? Yeah, buddy. Uh, let's talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm Sonic, a little ball of super energy in an extremely handsome package. On my planet, people were always after my powers. So I came to yours. It gets a little lonely, but that's okay. I am living my best life on Earth. Ow! Let the plate Sonic! Let the bitches mount also Sonic! Ugh, I can't with that guy. Sonic the Hedgehog, which has been renamed Sonic colon the Hedgehogs of Prey, uh, which you may not have known. <laughs> uh, Sonic tries to navigate the complexities of life on Earth with his newfound best friend, a human named Tom Wachowski. They must soon join forces to prevent the evil Dr. Robotnik from capturing Sonic and using his powers for world domination. Uh, this movie made a lot of news about a year ago, year and a half ago. Really bad CGI. With uh, some really bad Sonic CGI. 
uh, and then totally redid it. Yeah. The, one of the most shocking things you'd ever see from a studio. Like, hey, we hear you. You don't like CGI? We'll fix it. Uh, and uh, then take that cats. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and now you've got uh, Jim Carrey uh, playing Dr. Robotnik. You've got Ben Schwartz is the voice of Sonic. James Marsden stepping in there in a pretty big role as well. What did you think about Sonic? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? High side of okay. High side of okay. And yeah. I am on the middle side of liked it. I had fun with this one too. Yeah, it's fun. I this to like two hundred like two thousand and twenty starting off with some fun surprising stuff. Yeah, I was not expecting to this. This seemed like such a video game IP cash grab. Yeah. that I was just not expecting to really enjoy it at all. I yeah. was not prepared for how much I miss Jim Carrey just hamming it up on the screen. That's actually one of my cons. Oh, is- I'm, I listen. You're the first I've heard say it, and yeah. m- most people he's one of their favorite parts of the movie. And so I'm I'm excited to kind of hear your take yeah, yeah, on yeah. that. Um, but, but we got to start with pros. But before you get to, well, it's our show. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> um, but before you get to the negative part of that, let me just say it was positive for me. I just, man, he was in full Ace Ventura mode. Very much. And I had forgotten because he's he's gone down this dramatic kind of turn since that first Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, whatever. And then you get into like the Truman Show, Majestic, Eternal Sunshine, Man, Man on, on the, the moon. moon. Like he's That was the big one that changed Jim Carrey. And it, and it really did. And if you've ever watched um, uh, Jim and Andy, yeah. the documentary, uh, you really get some insight into how much that messed with his psyche uh, to do that movie. And... Uh, it is a mind-blowing performance, what he does in Man on the Moon. Uh, to this day, I cannot believe he didn't win uh, yeah. acting awards for that. Um, but it really changed him. And since then, I think he's been trying to find his footing. Like, just trying, who am I? What am I doing? And he, he's made waves in you know some political things here and there. He likes to paint. You know, He'll do some political paintings, that kind of stuff. And then he's been in a movie here or there, but it's never been anything kind of back to his roots. And to watch him deliver this manic, fun stuff, I just, man, I was laughing so hard uh, at Jim in this movie. So I was really glad to see him back. I hope this movie gets all the sequels and Jim can play uh, Robotnik, you know, for the, till the end of time. There you go. I just, and it's kind of, the other thing I think it's too, it's like, oh, I'm glad he's okay. Like, I'm glad he's like, working you know and he's okay and it's you know, he can do this again and what was his mini series that he did oh yeah yeah kidding kidding yeah yeah he's still doing kidding in fact the new season just started okay. so yeah on showtime i believe there we go so yes and i have watched kidding but again that's a much more serious kind of thing playing a, a mr rogers type character yeah. that deals with demons you know off the set of the show um and uh and so yeah he's doing great work there but i just hadn't seen him ham it up like this in a long time and man did i miss it it has been a hot moment since we've seen crazy carrie yeah 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 uh, i'll tell you why it didn't work for yeah, let's me just talk about it because it it just seemed so forced like he was really like see guys i can be crazy again but it didn't feel not that it didn't feel right to the character because you can it's a video game you can depict the character however you want but he was so different from every other person in this movie that I'm like, he just doesn't feel like he belongs in this movie. Like, everybody else should be a little bit, turn it up a little bit more to match him. Yeah. Not like, I don't want crazy 
James Marsden doing cartwheels and stuff, but <laughs> but everybody was really subtle except for him. And I'm like, okay, it's just it. Def- it was and a little- Sonic, though, right? Like, isn't there yeah. a part of him that maybe is the bridge between Sonic and the real world? And so we kind of get the idea that there's like the real world, and then there's yeah. crazy Sonic, and then Robotnik is kind of like the in between, where it's like, you know, I'm from the real world, but I actually more fit with the video game aesthetic, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I can see what you're saying. I just, I just think it worked. Like I never felt like it was forced. Yeah. It always felt to me like, oh, he's getting to do that thing. He can do so good. You know, yeah. he's doing that whole, uh, there's a dance scene and I don't think we'll do a SIF spoil on this. There's not a ton to spoil. Not really, no. Um, but he's doing this, this, you know, uh, dance scene in his ship. It's not a dance scene, but he, in his ship, he's doing this, yeah. you know, thing or whatever. And Man, I was just like, just to see him contort his body and his face and have so much fun, and I, I don't know, I was just, I was like, I, I, I don't know. It was He's we back. were we were back, you yeah. know, we were back in the '90s and Jim Carrey, and that's the other thing. It's been twenty years, twenty to thirty years, you know, since Ace, Ace Ventura. Ventura, and it's just like, man, that's I'm just I'm just <laughs> glad he hasn't lost it. You All know? right, of it. <laughs> no, and I. I it's gonna sound like I don't like that Jim Carrey because I love that Jim Carrey. It's just for it some reason it felt forced. It felt forced. Yeah, no. But, and sometimes you get that you get early on something will tweak you. Yeah, and it's like then that's just the way you see it. And I totally get that. I totally understand that. Well, what is some of the stuff that that puts it in the okay category for you? Ben Schwartz actually really good in this role. Like the voiceover. Yeah, yeah, of Sonic. You know that was. It's very easy just to, you know, kind of brush that character off. You're like, oh, it's just you know, it's a bad CGI hedgehog. You know. But no, he actually, and not only him, but you know the the script and the directing made me really care about Sonic because in the games, you know, you just gotta do your little parkour through the levels and collect the coins. <laughs> Whereas this actually made me care about a character. It gave me an interesting backstory. It and did. A, it kind of focus. Now, has that ever been anywhere in the games? This backstory See, or is this all new? I've, I've only played on like the regular Sega Genesis. So yeah, and I'm a Nintendo kid. Like I never, yeah. I, I never had Sega. I played Sega. I played Sonic at friends' house, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think I only played like Sonic and Sonic Two or like Tails or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even get into like the Knuckles or anything like that. <laughs> Knuckles, yeah. You remember Knuckles, the sure. red Sonic? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually was like, oh man, I want to find out more about this character. And I'm with you. I would like sequels because I think that there's a lot of potential here. Yeah, the world building was good, right? The yeah. idea of how the rings are used, uh, the idea of you know him having this... That his speed comes from this power that can actually be harnessed. You know, that's a cool world building idea. Yeah. The idea that he is a fugitive and on the run yeah. is a cool idea. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this could be fun. And I like that the movie, you know, finished with, and again, spoilerish, I guess, for anybody who doesn't want to know, but it kind of finished with the idea of, okay, here's what might come next and introduced us to one character we already were introduced into the movie, but kind of a new version of that character. Yeah. Uh, a more, more video classic game. video game, which makes sense if he's been trying to survive yeah. on this other planet. Yeah, and then uh, and then of course another character from the game that wasn't, I, I think, rightfully so, didn't even make a cameo in this until the end. Yeah. Um. All of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, bring it on. What's the next one look like? Absolutely. So. I will say that this movie would have sir would have really risen in the likes to possibly love rank for me if they really would have used his speed abilities to the full potential there is a a, i'll just call a quick silver scene 
that is a lot of fun. But other than that, it's... You're talking about the bar? Yeah, the bar. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was. But I think that the movie could have used a little bit more of that, you know, as opposed to him just quickly running away and then coming back with stuff, you know? I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, but it's fun seeing him do stuff, you know, as yeah. opposed to... He's gone. He's back. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought for me the I thought the action was good. I enjoyed it. There's a chase scene I really enjoyed. The felt, where things keep getting smaller. Well, and that's such a video game aesthetic, right? Yeah. Like where oh you you beat the machine. Oh, but there's a machine in the machine, and now you got to yeah. beat that machine, and then there's a machine in that machine. Now you got to beat like the, it, it. But it worked. Like the yeah. idea of it worked in the action scene, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, and then there was, uh, then there were several other kind of action moments where, you know, he's zipping around and doing stuff that I, I thought really worked. Yeah. So. I yeah. also really like James Marston in this, you know, he was a likable, him and his wife and, and his wife's sister, just that whole triangle of like anarchy was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then there, are, I think the movie is definitely marketed towards kids as opposed to people who grew up playing the games and it's for us and kids Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of jokes in this movie that really fall flat like yeah that one was for the kids yeah but uh but at the same time i see movies there's a a fart joke in this movie isn't there oh i guarantee you there's yeah yeah yeah. i thought i remember when i was like okay all right yep kids movie (laughs) yeah exactly uh neil mcdonough coming in for three seconds it's good seeing him uh i guess i don't know what you're talking about Neil McDonough, I'll show you his photograph. When did he No, I know I know who Neil McDonough is. Uh I just didn't I didn't when did he show up? He was uh the like captain or general of the army whenever we first oh, meet Robotnik. Yeah, 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 He's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that was it. <laughs> so yeah, that was a fun scene too. This that's what I'm saying. This movie just has a bunch of fun scenes. Like it's just enjoyable. There's these little you know, even if not the performance, which you think maybe was over the top for you, the but comedy the comedy works though. Like the lines work. Even if the physical comedy doesn't work for you, I think it's actually written really funny. I think there some of the comebacks are clever and interesting and not the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I even the way like it, it handles the old cops and donuts trope in a way that doesn't make it about the old trope, but just kind of gives it a new natural life in this movie, you yeah. know, um, donut Lord, donut Lord. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's kind of one of those things where the, I think the movie is also, it's very pop culture aware. Did you notice that? Oh this yeah. Movie makes a lot of pop culture references, which I wonder how some of those will age. But for now, in this moment that we're in, in pop culture right now, a lot of them really work. I think it makes sense because Sonic in this movie is a character who is only introduced to the human world via, uh, you know, through third party, I guess, you know, ingesting pop culture. So that's how he interacts. That's how he meets people, you know, because he doesn't talk to anybody. So he's just picking stuff up through TV, music, and stuff like that. So yeah, total, you know, just isolated. He was just raised by entertainment. It's weird. Not only am I looking forward to a sequel, I kind of want to watch this again. Like I had enough fun that I just, it's one, it's a comedy that I kind of want to, you know, throw in and relive those experiences again. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you think that we're finally getting out of the rut of bad video game movies? Oh, good question. I hadn't even thought of it in relation to the fact that video game movies are hard to make. Yeah. This is a good video game movie, I think. Yeah. So, I still think that out of all the video game movies that have been made, I think Tomb Raider is still the best. 
the uh, the, the latest uh, Vikander. one. Vikander. Yeah. yeah. Are they making another one of those? Yeah. I thought I heard that they were making another one. I th- as far as I know, um, and I think it made a lot of money, too, so I, yeah. why not? And then, of course, we have Tom Holland making young uncharted you well, know maybe we'll see yeah i fear that's true yeah people, we'll see if that movie ever happens yeah but uh, no, we got mortal Kombat and warcraft i know you don't like warcraft no. but i think it's fun i think if you played warcraft i think there's enough there to have fun with it yeah. uh, i i knew nothing about the world and it, i was lost half the time yeah. so but this you thought this was very you know easily digestible yeah so you and you're it. right and you're right i guess that is uh, we both seem to be recommending it at least a little bit but yeah. i guess the one caveat would be it is definitely a kids movie it doesn't feel like even you would put it up in that category of family movie yeah which it's is not like, like lego movies or pixar movies where right they're like oh man yeah well, i'm there's picking this, up on stuff yeah that the there's kids this other wouldn't. level of philosophy to it no. or that kind of thing this no. is a fart <laughs> fart joke movie but yes, a good with a very joke, with a, a very simplistic message about friendship and about you know what it means to to find a friend to be a friend um there's not you know it's not necessarily very deep but it does have something there yeah. so so yeah i think it's a if you have kids in the you know four to 12 range like they're it. gonna have a great time and you'll have fun like that's the thing but it's not made for you yeah. you will just be able to see that's the thing like a movie like inside out i think is made for kids but also made for like it's made exactly. for the whole family yeah. this movie is made for kids but you can have a fun time with it, I think. Yeah, turn so. your brain off and go, ha Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad he's back. I can't wait to see if this means like more, like I would love for him to find even more dramatic roles or I just, I would love to see him back in movies more. He's just um, a fascinating character. He really is. Yeah. He really is. Uh, you ready to move on to the Sift Quest for today? Yes, it's a fun one. Um, before we get there, just a reminder that if you want to be a member of Siftpop, you can do that. Uh, go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Siftpop. Starts at three bucks every month. And for your $3 every month, you get to know you're supporting this podcast, making sure we're able to go see the movies, have the equipment to do the video show, have the equipment to record the audio, all that kind of stuff, uh, and help support the website as well. Sifpop.com is supported through our members at uh, Patreon. So thank you for doing that. And then as a thank you, you will also get perks at the different levels of support. So go check out membership at patreon.com slash Thank you so much. To all our Sif Pop members, uh, we couldn't do this without you. All right, uh, let's go to Matt's question. Uh, and again, if you want to send a Sift uh, quest, if you want to send us on a Sift quest, uh, you can email us feedback at siftpop.com. Any kind of comment, any question you want us to answer, any debate you want us to settle, anything like that, feedback at siftpop.com. Uh, hello, fine gentlemen. Hello. I have a sift quest for you. I was discussing with my spouse movies and time travel, and I asked her this question. With the exception of documentaries and biopics, what movie would you show your past self to improve your own life today? Personally, I would have shown myself Transformers The Last Night. That way I would have known to quit the franchise sooner and spend my time watching better movies. <laughs> Thank you for the content. Keep up the great work, Matt. Um, I have a couple answers to this. Okay. Uh, why don't you go first? Gattaca. Ooh, interesting. Because I'd put that movie off for so long. Um, I only saw it two years ago. I remember it was uh, we were doing in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, I think it was my buried treasure for Infinity War. Like, 
I finally got around to seeing Gattaca. And I think that just if I'd have seen that movie so much sooner, I would have had a deeper appreciation for pretty much everybody in that movie. Jude Law. Yeah. Uh, is it Cameron Diaz? Who's, no, no. No, it's... um No. Yeah. I can tell you here in a second, but keep talking. Yeah. But no, the... I the, think it's Uma Thurman, but I'll you're one hundred percent right. It okay. is Uma Thurman. Yeah, uh, just the the philosophical journey of and Ethan people, Hawke. Oh yeah, obviously Ethan Hawke. Yeah, the main character. But um, the philosophical journey that that movie takes you on about what is perfection, what does perfection mean to you or to society? You know, yeah. And, um, just the one line of that's the difference between you and me. I never saved any for the so good, such right? A good line. <laughs> I never save for the swim back. Oh, such a good line in a great movie. So, yeah, if I would have seen that, like, when I was, like, 25 as opposed to, I think I was 30 when I saw it. Oh, man, I would have looked. My whole life would have been different. That's a great choice. Um, Did you know Maya Rudolph is in that movie? What? As a delivery nurse. Yeah, apparently on the cast list. Uh, Gattaca is a great choice. I love that movie. Uh, I did see it back in the 90s when it came out. And what's amazing about that movie, and this will lead me into my first one, is that is a movie that saw the future fairly uh, with with fairly clear eyes, right? Like Kind of like her. That's where I was going. Oh, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Uh, it, you know, it saw the future with, the, you know, eyes that were like, oh, yeah, that actually can be the future. And as we... You know, here we are 23 years later, and it's like we're just now getting to that future where people are doing like genetic, you know, changing. And, you know, CRISPR is an actual thing where you can edit the genome and all this stuff. And we're probably another 10 years away from this movie and the idea of, you know, genetically. Uh, creating children becomes a reality and this movie already had the brain to deal with those issues in 1997 and i love that and her is like you said i think going to be the same way where it foresees the dawn of artificial intelligence super artificial intelligence in a way that i think we're going to find uh very prescient uh so it'll be It'll be fascinating to see how that develops, but her is one, like, if I could have seen it, uh, you know, back when I was growing up and going, wow, this is the world that we might be actually heading to, um, that would be pretty cool. Now, what's different between the way we interpreted this is you're talking about movies that you saw way later than when they came out. I'm talking about a time travel machine where I can take her back to me as a, you know, 15-year-old and and watch no, that's, her. that's oh, what okay. I meant. Yeah. Like, All right. Cool. I would take Gattaca back to way like when i was like uh-huh. 24 or 25 i'm like stop putting this movie off it's gonna make you think about things you never thought of before <laughs> right yeah uh then i had the greedy answer which is i think i would maybe show myself social network uh so i could buy facebook stock so i could see <laughs> <laughs> see what that's, was coming that's smart <laughs> i think i should look now see this is social network this yeah. is real this this is based on a company that happened and made a bunch a bunch of money yeah. so Get yeah, I'd, on show, that stock market. I'd, I'd show myself the Steve Jobs documentary, and so I'd <laughs> right. buy Apple stock. Right. Yes, exactly. I'm going to put uh, music in your pocket. <laughs> okay, let's take my money. Uh, so that's my greedy answer. And then the other nostalgic answer is uh, Star Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Uh, to go show that to my eight-year-old self or my five-year-old self even, where it's like we're just coming out of you know, Return of the Jedi and to go on the, pl- I can remember on the playground. Are, do you mean Force Awakens? 
No, I mean okay. I mean Rise of Skywalker. And okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why here in a second. Okay. Um, although I do like uh, Force Awakens better than Rise. Of, I mean, I like Last Jedi better than both of them. But yeah. but here's the reason. I remember myself being on the playground with friends and being like, "Did you know George Lucas has an idea for three movies before this and three movies after this, and it's going to be nine? And then for me to be the kid on the playground, like, yes, and I have the last movie. You want to <laughs> see it? <laughs> like to be that kid and yeah. just be like. The time myself, I traveled back in time, and <laughs> it's called Rise of Skywalker. And then we'd all, all us eight year olds, would watch it and go, "That looks amazing, but what does it mean? I don't know what's going on here." You yeah. know what I mean? Like to to think of my eight year old brain trying to process what that movie alone would mean without having seen the prequels or you know seven or eight. Yeah, uh, or any of the supplementary material um, would be fascinating. Yeah, I thought about movies like Lord of the Rings and stuff, but right, they yeah, came, yeah. I think they came out at, like the perfect time for me, like two thousand one, two thousand. I was right around that age of like high school. I think it was a sophomore or a freshman, but like that was the perfect time for that yeah. movie. Maybe I would have liked it more in middle school because. You know, just sooner is better. Or I thought about Jurassic World because I'd love that franchise so much. I'm like, hey, you can skip two and three and go straight to the other good one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That would have been fun. It, it would have been fun in the kind of blow your childhood brain from like realistic uh, visual effects. And did they, like, did, did they actually reinvent dinosaurs for this movie? Like, yeah. how are those creatures there? I thought about uh, also Marvel movies, but I think you got to see those in order. Yeah. You know, so I, I was like, oh man, what if I went back and I showed my younger self Infinity War? I'd be so confused. You know, like, <laughs> right. what's going on? But uh, no, I think, yeah, there's plenty of movies, like you said, that from a technical standpoint that I could think of that would blow my mind, you know, as right. a younger kid, like sit myself down. Now, this movie is called Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> And you are in an IMAX theater with 3D goggles. Enjoy. Uh, can I ask you a question about Lord of the Rings? Yeah. It's just, is Lord of the Rings possibly underrated now? Do people not mention it? Like, uh, it's, I'm thinking of it in this term. Okay. So I'm thinking in the terms of Star Wars, Marvel, big budget summer films. Yeah. Toxic fandom, the idea that there's, you know, it's hard to please a big group of fans. Yeah. Lord of the Rings comes out and for the most part just, you know, hits it out of the park. Yeah. On all three movies. Oh yeah. In a way that I, you know, just wins Oscars, you know, makes money. Like I just I wonder if now we we don't uh realize 20 years later uh I just wonder wow. if be a, I just wonder That's if, weird to think of, isn't it? Yeah. 20 years later. Yeah. I just wonder if there'll be a time when people will look back and go, wait, why don't we talk about Lord of the Rings as being, you know, one of the greats of the greats anymore? I mean, I do. It's a, you know, it's do, on yeah. my list and you do. And yeah. I think people do. I just wonder if it's kind of one of those that it's just like, except it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good movie. Instead of, guys, that was like film changing what Peter Jackson did with oh, those, absolutely, those yeah. movies. So I Weta, don't know. That was just a question. Yeah. Weta Digital created so much, you know, VFX technology for those movies. Like, uh, they created a, a program that would create, like, thousands of digital characters that would fight each other. And, like, that way they didn't have to go in and print, like, so this guy's going to swing, and then he's going to, you know, he has to swing with his left hand, and then he'll come back and block with a shield. And it would look kind of, you know, bad. No, they had a program that actually did, you know, like, virtualized combat, so... 
that's why the giant fight scenes in the Lord of the Rings, like a at a Minas Tirith, look so good, is yeah. because it's all programmed. You know, it's interesting that my kids have, I think, a relationship with Lord of the Rings, with the original trilogy, yep. that I have with Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and my sons will, like, they'll put on Lord of the Rings and they'll just, they'll watch it and enjoy it. And it's really about the same because I was born the year before Star Wars came out. Yeah. The original Star Wars came out. Uh, Return of the Jedi, I was six when Return of the Jedi came out, I think. Uh, my, my oldest was born two years before the Fellowship of the Ring came out and was five when Return of the King. So that's like almost an identical kind of idea of like this movie has been around as long as I have. Yeah. And it's just kind of, you know, a part of my life, but in still somewhat of a fresh way because it had just come out when I, you know, started. So, um, so yeah, that's fascinating for me to think the Lord of the Rings is their Star Wars, basically. Yeah. And I think my Star Wars would be Jurassic Park. Yeah. If you count that among, you know, that echelon if not, then it would probably also be Lord of the Rings. But like I said, I was 16 when those movies started coming out. Yeah. So, but that's always fun to think of, like, what is, quote unquote, generations, you know, movie. Yeah. Like, kids, like, growing up now, it's Marvel. You right. You know, they got this giant universe that has never been done before. Yeah, like, kids born in, like, 2010. Yeah. You know, Marvel is the same way for them. It's, yeah. it's interesting. It's kind of you... You can connect to as a kid something that was born the same year you were in a way that's kind of fascinating and interesting. Yeah. For me, it would be eighty-six Alien. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why so, not? Yeah, the the one of the most terrifying <laughs> movies of all time. That's, Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's fascinating. The only difference with Lord of the Rings is they didn't have to wait till they were thirty to be disappointed by the sequels. Oh uh, snap! <laughs> or the prequels, yeah. which they are. They're prequels. Yeah. They have their own set of prequels. We uh, Lord of the Rings fans only had to wait like seven years to yeah. be disappointed by the prequels. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. Listen, I, it, you know, what's most unfortunate about that? I'm what sorry. I know this is a little little tangent, but no, yeah. Uh, the most unfortunate thing about that is it was completely avoidable. It was, it could just one, mo- you just, you, there's enough material there for one movie. Make I think, that I think, movie. I think you can make two movies. Maybe. Not three. But not three. And yeah. I think one. I think just make a great Hobbit movie. Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you made three movies out of the Lord of the Rings books because they were huge books. Yeah. The Hobbit is a small little book. And half of its songs. In, in half of its songs. Like, that's one movie. <laughs> and you know what? If you take the best scenes from those three Hobbit movies yeah. and, find, and tell that story in a quicker fashion, that's an incredible movie. Yeah. They had perfect casting. Mark. Freeman was perfect as Bilbo. It's just frustrating because I really think it comes down to one poor decision, which was stretch it out over three movies. Greed. Yeah, which was greed. So there's yeah. your tangent for the day. Yeah. Um, you do the two big scenes are Smaug fight and Battle oh, of Five Armies. Yes. That's your two scenes, right? Yes. There. Yeah. And throw in some songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could have been so great. Yeah. Um, as it is, I still like pieces of them, but they are a disappointment, much like the prequels. You know, some of my favorite Sith quests are the ones that send us off on weird tangents like that. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Matt. We yeah. appreciate it. If you'd like to send us on a Sith quest, again, just email us uh, feedback at sifpop.com. All right, let's talk about our buried treasure. Andrew, what's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about? Uh, it's a film. came out in 1971. It's a little bit of buried treasure. It's a movie called Charlie or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. But 
here's the thing. Are you just getting around to seeing this no. one too? No, 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 no. Should you take that one back in a time machine? No, but somebody told me to do something, like to go back and rewatch it with this mentality. Ooh, through a certain pair of glasses, kind of? Yeah. yeah what glasses are you watching through? That Grandpa Joe is one of the worst, most evil characters <laughs> ever. Have you heard of this? A, a little bit, but yes, ref- refresh. So pretty much, Grandpa Joe, according to the internet, is one of the most hated evil characters in all of cinema. Mm-hmm. Like there are Reddit forums dedicated with hundreds of thousands of members, and I was like, why do they? Why does everybody hate Grandpa Joe? I went back and watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It holds water. He's not a good guy. <laughs> Give some examples. Very misogynistic. I, I'm going to spoil Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory All for right. you guys. So, you know, uh, his whole during the whole movie, he was, or at the beginning of the movie, he's like bedridden. But as soon as Charlie comes in and says, I got a golden ticket, he magically has the ability to walk again and go get free candy. He's been faking. While he's in there, he steals an everlasting gobstopper to give to um, Slugworth. Uh huh. Yeah. So he planned on doing that. And then he berates. Willy Wonka for not giving Charlie uh, the prize, the Everlin- choc- or the everlasting chocolate prize, because he stole fizzy lifting drinks. Uh-huh. And then after Willy Wonka decides to give Charlie the factory, he's like, Where- where's mine? Where- what do I want? I want to move in too, you know? <laughs> and uh, he was also very misogynistic in the fact that uh, like Veruga and her mother, or uh, I forget what the the fat kid or the cowboy kid. Uh-huh. But he never was mean to any of the guys. It was always mean to Veruga or the cowboy kid's mom, or just only women in the movie. He was mad and mean to Veruga and, Salt. Yeah. So you may think that Veruga is the most evil character in that movie. Wrong. <laughs> it's Grandpa Joe. You keep saying Veruga. I think it's, it's Veruca. Veruca. Yeah. Yeah, I believe. That's a German. You know. <laughs> Veruga. Veruga. Uh, that's fascinating. So, um, yeah, it does hold water. I was surprised. Grandpa Joe the villain theory. Yeah. So, you know, like you hear like theories all the time. Like if you go back and watch the movie and you look at it through this, you know. If you watch Wizard of Oz with Pink Led Floyd. Zeppelin or Pink Floyd. Yeah. 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 Which I've done. I don't get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, yeah, it holds water. I was surprised. Yeah. Interesting. Very nice. So what you got? Uh, I'm going to talk about an HBO uh, documentary series called McMillions, uh, and it's two episodes in. I'm not sure. I think an eventual five or six episodes. I'm not sure. Okay. But it basically documents the... Do you, you know McDonald's uh, used to do all the time the Monopoly game, right? Oh, yeah. The Monopoly, the big con yeah. scheme. Yeah. So this basically documents the, uh, the, the sting that they used to uh, figure out what was going on with these Monopoly winners who... Uh, apparently had some sort of inside track to these, you know, huge prizes yeah. or whatever. Uh, it's really well done. Not only is it a fascinating story, which I love fascinating true stories. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really well produced. The people who are involved are interesting to listen to. There's one FBI agent in particular who's kind of a ham, and it's fun because he's kind of like the one. He was like a kid at the agency when this whole thing started. And so he's like trying to push them to do crazy stuff to do like sting operations. And they're like, 
look kid that's in movies this yeah. is the real fbi like that's not necessarily we don't go undercover at the drop of a hat you know kind of thing yeah but they end up following some of his crazy ideas and you know doing interesting things uh if you don't if you don't enjoy the first episode of this i'll be surprised because the first episode is really well structured and ends with one of those like kind of gotcha moments at the end where you're like uh, what yeah. you know, kind of thing uh, and then you're just in. And so, like I said, we've watched the first two episodes. It's fascinating and it's interesting. I can't wait to see what happens next. I know the broad strokes of, you know, kind of what happened, but to see the details from the yeah. actual people who, who did it and lived it with some footage from the actual time. It's, it's really fascinating. What's the uh, runtime on episode 30 minutes an hour? I, you know what? I honestly don't know, which is mm. probably saying something good ab- about it. Well, I, yeah. Like, you don't, I, you don't notice it. No, I never checked the clock or anything like like that it could be 30 minutes it could be two hours i really wouldn't know um because i was just i was just having fun awesome. uh, watching it so so yeah that's it it's called uh mcmillions mcmillions i and- forgot that that came out actually because it, uh, when i saw the trailer for it because you know before uh the outsider they always have like coming oh, yeah, also yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which are you i assume you're still watching the outsider uh, I am, but I'm behind. So I'm like three episodes behind. Yeah. I I have had so much to do. <laughs> I haven't yeah. had a lot of a chance to watch well, TV. Well, we had the Oscars, then we had the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about, you know, being in Missouri and uh, the, what happened when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, how crazy this town got. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. You know, it turned uh, Springfield into like some place you'd see in like Mad Max Fury Road, you know, people going crazy <laughs> downtown, barrels on fire. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, people. People love their sports, Andrew. Yeah, it's craziness. Yeah. Uh, well, we did it, man. Yeah, we did. We podcasted. Woo. We uh, we are the the birds of pod casting. Birds of pod. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Well, thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing up the show. Love, Phil. Uh, Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month and you get access to every bonus episode as well. Uh, We talked a little bit about haircuts. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about sound and, and tech issues. All sorts of exciting stuff. In we the just bonus rambled. Show. It was a ramble. <laughs> if you want to hear cast. us ramble, become a Sif Pop member. Uh, you can find those bonus episodes in your own podcast feed, as well as some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. For more information, go to patreon.com slash Pop. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment, rate, uh, leave a review, please, at Apple Podcasts. That would be very, very helpful. Or email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than changing into roller skates during a melee. Uh, we'll be back with some spoilers for Birds of Prey. And uh, then next week, um, we'll be back with some other movie. I know there's something coming out. Uh, I just had it pulled up too, man. It's okay. Oh, uh, I got it. I'm a cop. I got it. I got it. I got it. Don't worry, it's coming. Uh, it's going to be either Emma or the Call of the Wild. Probably Call of the Wild. Okay, got to go see Harrison Ford. Yeah. Uh, either way, we'll see you next week.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba.